Welcome back to the latest edition of Tree Talk. Myself, Jack Neville and Matt Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. Matt, you can't hide your smile there as we look forward to another All-Ireland final, uh, second in three years. Incredible stuff from John Kiley's side. They overcame Galway last weekend, 27 points, 24 in Crow Park. Um, probably the hardest game to date and it'll set up a final against Waterford, who was the hardest game to date when they played in the Munster final. Um, that obviously we have another week before that game. We look forward to the, the Limerick and Waterford game in, in great detail next week. But uh, for this weekend, we'll focus on the merits of the win over Galway and and, and what that what that brought and that is an All Ireland final place. And we we'll, we we'll go through it quarter by quarter, Matt, because it was re- it was a real absorbing game. And I suppose when you look at the first quarter and probably the first ten minutes, Galway race into a three point lead. Uh, Tom Morrissey comes back with a double. But Galway are 7-2 up and you're thinking it's another semi-final collapse, for want of a better word, from Limerick. But uh, they dug their heels and in going in at 7-4 at the first quarter, there were signs that Limerick were there, but we knew we were in for a game straight away. Yeah, I suppose looking at it overall, Jack, and, and, and the test we got from Galway, it, it was probably the ideal test for going into an All-Ireland final. And it was nothing more than we, than, than we expected from Galway because um, Galway are a decent team um, and we, we spoke about it here last week. Like, um, they, 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 they contrived somehow to lose the next final rather than take any win it, I, I would say. And, and um, the manner in which they had bounced back and, and beaten the All-Ireland champions, like, um, like Tipperary, you know, that all right when they played Limerick in the second round, they, they, they still had the safety net of, of the back door. But here were the All Ireland champions that evening in Limerick, they, they, they put their title on, on the line. And, and I was hugely impressed with the way that Galway um, um, overcame Tipperary. And I was particularly impressed with the manner in which they saw out the game. Late, late, late in the game. So I, I wasn't at all surprised with the, with the, um, the level of the challenge that, that, that Galway provided. And you're right, yes, they got off to a, a very, very good start. But sure, like, you know, and it's been part of the narrative all the week about um, when have we seen a player step up to four line balls in an All Ireland semi final to four and four of the bar. Like, um, Galway got the best possible start when Joe stepped up to the first line ball and 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 put it over the bar. It was an ideal uh, ideal start. He tacked on a couple of frees, and <clears throat> certainly in, in in the first up to the first water break, seventeen minutes or whatever it was, you'd have to say that it was Galway that ticked most of the boxes. But you're absolutely right in your analysis there and your opening point. There were signs immediately before the water break that Limerick were getting into the game, that they were finding their rhythm because um, the two last scores, it, 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 you must remember it was seven points to two. Had it gone in at the water break at seven points to two, um, it would have been a greater challenge for Limerick. And I'm not saying that they, would, they wouldn't have risen to it, but they got a bit of momentum before, after, um, before the first water break when I think it was um, Garod Hegarty and Seamus Flanagan sent over successive points. So suddenly, from being five points down, you were back to within a puck of a ball. So there was something really clean to at the first quarter break and something to build on 
going in and going into what is now termed the second quarter. Yeah, and it's certainly it's certainly a game of four quarters. And Limerick once again after the water break really burst into life, and and there was no there was no tactic board in Crow Park like we saw in the Munster final. It was just in quick word, and Limerick were a different team in that final. We'll say twenty minutes of the first half, outscoring Galway eleven four taking 15-13 lead into the water break. And if it wasn't for Joe Cannon's sideline, it could have been a lot more. But there was a huge difference between the first and second quarters from Limerick. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And the one worry you would have going in at the water break was, right, we have a bit of momentum at last in the game. We have a bit of a foothold in the game. Is the water break going to, going, going to disrupt that? But thankfully, it didn't really, really, really drove on in, 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 in the second quarter and they, they outscored Galway was it 11 points to 6? 11 points um, to 6? 11 points 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 to a sniff of a goal chance in, in the first quarter early on, but um, it, it was missed. Um, but um, certainly in, 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 the, in the second quarter, it, 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 it probably was Limerick's, well, it's hard to say it was their best period because they finished strongly when the, when the chips were really down. And um, um, like 11 points in, in, in 15 minutes. Or 16 minutes is fantastic scoring, Jack, and it, it, it will tell you um, the, the, the potential and, and, and the power of the of, of the Limerick attack when, when they turn it on and when they find the rhythm. And I suppose we spoke before the game, and John Kelly spoke about before the game about having the extra week to um, to recover after after the monster final. And um, I suppose it might, in a way, excuse. Why Galway hit the ground running with such pace that they had just come off uh, off that victory with, with Tipperary and they were they were buoyed up by it and um, Limerick took a bit bit of time bit of time to settle but um, overall they, 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 that that second quarter was absolutely critical because um, you know the doubts and um, doubts of our capacity to get through semi-finals. Um, which had dogged us for so long in Croke Park, were beginning to raise their ugly head, um, certainly in, in, in the first quarter, but it was a fantastic second quarter by the Richard. Yeah, and, and, and building, building on that fantastic second quarter, Limerick's third quarter was was equally impressive. Uh, they were they led 21-16 um, at that second water break, we'll say, but it could have been a lot more. Um, Shane Stanigan had a chance for goal that was saved. Kyle came in afterwards and saved. And it was it was actually two brilliant saves from the goalie who actually he had a, he had a hit and miss day to be honest some of his um, hookouts went astray but uh, it was bad touch as well from the Galway players so I wouldn't blame him but Limerick led by five with about 15-20 minutes to go and it could have been a lot more but in the end it was a lot closer game we thought but again in that third quarter Limerick really showed what they were all about they did they did they they they, they, they carried over the pre halftime form. In, 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 into that into that third quarter and like um, you're right when you say that that, that um, the lead could have been uh, could have been more um, how much more it could have been eight nine possibly ten points um, 
had the goal gone in, of course, it would have, it, it would have changed the entire dynamic. Um, but like, um, you know, it, they were very, very comfortable at 21-16, not just on the scoreboard, but in the actual play, they, 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 they were very, very comfortable. So, um, like, it, it all got very well going in, going into the home straight. And, and um, like, you know, they had confined Galway in that 16 or 17 minutes to just three scores, which, you know, um, it gives you an idea of, 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 of the, the, the supremacy and the mastery that Limerick, they outscored Galway in that period, uh, six points to three. And um, that they were really, really full value for it. And like, I, I don't remember in the three quarters we have discussed today that Nicky Quaid um, be, being really tested at any, at any, at any stage. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. just as we're on Nicky Quaid, um, it, you know, it's sometimes lost um, the value and, and the quality of, of his poke out. And I suppose above all, and you, you said there about Ina Murphy, and who was reputed to have a good, a good poke out as well. And, and um, Nicky Quaid is so consistent. Absolutely, you know, the epitome of consistency when it comes to that. Yeah, no, and we'll, we'll get on to Nicky um, after we, we finish off with the final quarter. And, and to be honest, the first three quarters probably didn't really live up to the expectation, but the final quarter was all action. Um, you obviously had that, that late surge from Galway. Joe Kenning going off nearly vitalised the team. If you can imagine, Joe's impact was huge while he was on the field. But I suppose the Galway players kind of wanted to do it for Joe. They, they levelled it. Um, at, I think it was 25 apiece in the 75th, or 24 apiece in the 75th minute. But then you had Tom Morrissey, who started the game with a brace of points, finishes with a brace of points to pull Limerick over the line. And as you said at the start, it was probably the real test that Limerick wanted after destroying Tip and Clare in the first two rounds. Tough games against Waterford and Galway bode well. And certainly they were put to the Fender Connors by Galway, especially in that final quarter. They, they certainly were, they certainly were, and, and, and Joe, uh, Joe Kenning, who went off, seemed, seemed, to, get, seemed to galvanise in Galway, and, and um, Evan Nyland came on for him, and, and, and the first thing he did, actually, in the, in, in the 69th minute, um, Galway were trailing two by two points at the time, um, was to land an absolute monstrous free um, with, with his first touch, and, and then Connor Whelan was able um, and the, the omens at that point, Jack, were not good for Limerick. But Dermot Burns, and I have seen very little about it during the week, stepped up a crucial free, a very, very, very difficult free out on the left, and nailed it. It was an absolutely, in the context of the game, Jack, that was one of the most crucial scores of the game. Um, like Dermot had held his nerve and stepped up to, to that free. Like um, there was a long, long the, the, the post and crop part were very, very far away from him when he when he stepped up to it. Absolutely nailed it. Now Young Nyland for Galway, he, he, he levelled it quickly again and then in stepped Tom Morrissey. Like Tom got three of Limerick's last four um, points. Adrian Green got the other. Last three was the uh, last point was no three, but Tom got two excellent, two excellent scores 
from there in, in, in the 76, 78 minutes. Now we're saying 76 and 78 because of the prolonged um, uh, delay there was for the unfortunate injury to Joe Kenny. There was nine minutes of extra time. It showed the, the, the character of Limerick and it showed in particular the character of Tom Morrissey. And Declan Hannan has men mentioned it in the week about different lads um, stepping stepping up in, in, in training and in big matches. And here was Tom Morrissey stepping up, providing the leadership. Now, we are not entirely unaccustomed to Tom Morrissey doing things like that. We saw what he did against Kilkenny, um, as you rightly said up there, um, two years ago when the fat was in the fire, really, and, and the game in the melting pot in Tullus, and, and, and the weight of history against us, and that we hadn't beaten Kilkenny for 45 years for the championship. And Tom again stepped up to the plate, just as he stepped up to the plate that Sunday. Yeah, and and I suppose with, with the game, kind of to review there, Don and Recap, um, on Tom Morrissey, obviously finished with 6-5 from play, an unbelievable performance. But Garrod Hegarty's performance kind of goes under the radar, then he finished with 4 points from play and it's kind of becoming a standard for Garrod to, to, to clip in with that. I mean, Keane Lynch then at 11 uh, got two points second half when, when Limerick really hit their purple patch. But yeah, the, impor the, the importance of that half forward line really comes, comes into focus when you look at um, Aaron Glan was kept relatively quiet when he finished with a point from play. Shams Galan got, got two from play and amazingly Graham McCahey was kept scoreless. Now Peter Casey came on and made a huge difference and we'll talk about it again. But it seems to be that case of if you stop one line of the Limerick forwards, the other one will come come to the fore, and that's exactly what happened again in Crow Park. That's exactly what happened. A return of twelve points from your half forward line is 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 just simply incredible, and eleven of which came from play. Like it, it was a magnificent return. Like from from Morrissey and 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 um, Garrod Higgins caused Galway all sorts of problems. All sorts of problems in the first half. They went in at halftime having scored seven points from play between them. Like, um, it, 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 it really was a head scratcher now for Shane O'Neill as to how he would come out in the second half and, 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 and counteract it. But again, we're talking, um, we spoke about the quality of Nicky Quaid's um, book out. That, 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 that feeds into it. But like, Gerard Hegarty is having the season of his life. He's absolutely having a barnstorming, barnstorming season. Um, playing fantastic rolling and, and uh, picking off fantastic scores. And uh, of course, we know I'm going into the final, and I just don't want to play and going into the final. But probably the strongest line on the water with team is, is, is probably that half-back line. Yeah. So um, uh, the big question for Waterford and for Liam Cahill um, will be, can he contain the Limerick half-forward line? Because that, <coughs> that to me will probably be the battleground. In, 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 in this year's final, but certainly it, it, it was a it was a class performance, absolutely top class performance by the half hour. Yeah, and we, we'll obviously look into that, that Waterford and Limerick class more in detail next week, and we'll go through it briefly after this. But while the half hour line really stood up, and they're and they're seen in the scoreboard, you have to mention the half back line as well. Um, Declan Hannan was probably a bit quieter. And um, went off late on. Paddy Lockton isn't the better placement to have, is he? But he scored. He scored a brilliant point um, just before the half to put Limerick fifteen eleven ahead. And then you mentioned Darren Burns before us. I, I honestly can't remember Darren Burns putting a foot wrong this year. I think he's a shoe in for an All Star at five, regardless of how the final goes. I just think he's been exceptional. And then at seven, Kyle Hayes has slotted in 
I don't know why anyone would even doubt where Kyle could play at this stage. But his athleticism at seven was ridiculous on Sunday. So while half forward line are getting all the praise for putting up the scores, the half back line were equally as important. They were they were equally as important, Jack, and and um, the, the the standout performances of of of, of um, Dermot Burns and, and and Kyle Hayes um, they overshadowed slightly um, the, the the performance of Declan Hannan. I I honestly think Declan Hannan was immense uh, last Sunday, and I thought he was particularly immense when we needed him most. Um, um, when we were trying to claw our way back into the game, I thought he showed great leadership, in, 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 in particularly in the first half. And again, until the time he went off, I, I, I think he, he was absolutely, absolutely crucial. It, it is a crucial line, and, and they, they, they were excellent last week. And um, certainly Kyle Hayes has, has, has netted into the, the half-back line. Like, it, it, it's like a dream. It's another one of those master strokes that... that, that that John Kylie pulls and and indeed converting Barry Dash into a in, into a cornerback and we, we saw during we, we saw during the early part of this year we saw the transformation of Barry Nash from a def, an attacker to a defender and we saw as a wing back that he was growing into the position game on game there was measurable improvement did he did he get two man of the match awards at halfback during the early part of the season? I have an idea he did. I have an idea he did. He was definitely in the match in the Munster League final. Definitely man the match in that. Yeah. Now he's gone back into the corner and he's doing the very, very same thing. It, it, it'll tell you about, about the adapt, adaptability, adaptability of, 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 um, of, of Barry Nash. But we're forgetting all the time. When, when Limerick set out on this campaign, like, we set out. We set out without two thirds of our full battle. Like that was that 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 was a huge hole to fill, particularly in a sensitive area like like a full back line of all places. Like um, being without Mikey Casey, being without Richie English. Like <coughs> there had to be a certain amount of a leap of faith on the part of John Kyle and his management team to put in Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash back there. Now, Dan Morrissey has had a bit of experience playing at fullback, but not on a regular basis. But like he's made the position his own. Dan Morrissey has has been a, a has been a men's factor. And Barry Nash, game on game on game. But you see, the, the, the situation, the ethos that has been created in this panel, the ethos that's been created in this squad, Jack, if you don't do it, there's somebody that will do it. You know, it's 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 the strength of the bench, and and John Kylie keeps emphasising that the group ethos, the ben, uh, the, the the panel, the squad, the squad, and like, you know, he has options there. If Barry Nash doesn't do it, which English will gladly do it? You know, that's that's this this is where we're at. Like, um, you know, we were talking for years, Jack, and I remember it. Look, Longer than you for years, fifteen up to the standard to play in, in these competitions and in the championship. Now we're looking at a situation where we're just fun. and like there's nobody, but nobody in the squad that's irreplaceable. You know, like, even 
But the worst case scenario, worst case scenario to come to pass in the final that we were without without having land. And hopefully, hopefully, we will not, because he's such a crucial player. You saw the impact that Peter Casey made when he came on in, in, in um, the semi-final against Galway. So, like, you, you look all over the pitch, there are obstacles. If you look at the midfield situation, William, I don't know whether we've, we've talked about it at nauseam here in this, in this medium, has been having a smashing season. Darrow Dunneman has been a bit hit and miss because of injury. But it, it, it's sad to see him back in the starting. But, you know, if any reason you'll be option of bringing Keane Lynch back there. And anyway, at centre-forward, he's supplementing the midfield role all the time, anyway. So, like, you know, you have options all over the place. Plus, you know, he's been spoken about so much about what memory has coming off the bench. For the last three years, Jack, without exception, those that have come, out, have come off the bench, no matter what the occasion is, no matter what the competition is, they've made an impact. Yeah, it, it's, it's certainly, it's definitely a squad effort. And, and you know, by the way, the players and managers reiterated the whole time that they actually do mean it. And Peter Casey was exceptional off the bench. Two points in play, set up three or four. And he could have set up a goal had Aina Murphy not stopped David Reedy's brilliant save. And Aaron Galan is rated 50-50 at the moment. Don Grady said that last night. We will know more next week. And we can discuss it more next week because if Aaron Galan is ruled out, we kind of know that Peter Casey is going to come in. But that's, that's for next week. But... You brought up an interesting point there saying no Limerick player is irreplaceable. And, and I, I agree with that. But there's one man that has been an ever-present for the last 10 years, and alongside Graham McCarthy, of course. And you mentioned him earlier, is Nicky Quaid. And just how he's never got an All-Star is beyond me. But he's certainly on his way to that this year. And he won't care for that singular accolade. He'll want the All-Ireland. But he's such an insurance back there. Oh, he's such a chap. Uh, he's just incredible. And uh, I've, I've, I've said it a number of people, a number of times, and I mean it. And I've said it to Nicky himself. He's probably one of the best outfield players we've ever had. Because he, he's, a, he's an excellent outfield player. Like, what, what, what contribution he has made for, for that matter, what contribution the Quaid family has, has um has made to memory calling. We want about five or six podcasts to go near the county. But in his short life, the contribution that Nicky Quaid has made to memory to Weffen and, and to the GAA, like if GAA look for role models, here is your perfect role model. Absolutely brilliant at what he does, brilliant shot stopper, brilliant puck out, brilliant attitude. Great team player, and, oh, you know, like I marvel at Nicky Quaid. I, I absolutely marvel at, at him, and I, I, I've seen it firsthand. I have seen it firsthand um, here today in, in, in South Limerick. The contribution that Nicky Quaid has made, to, and his two brothers, and 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 his mother, and his late father, they have totally revitalized Devon. To, totally, totally a revitalized effort. Here was a club up to 2011 had never won a, a, an adult county championship. Nicky Quaid was absolutely, and, and, and Thomas, and, and, and 
Jack, who was at Yom at the time, um, what a contribution they have made to Effen. Effen won the county junior championship. They go the following year, they win the county intermediate championship. And they won, and not only that, but they had a rare monster club championship um, when they beat Paddy Duff behind the Newcastle West in a great, in, in, in great final. They go up in their first senior for four years. Like this, this is an area where there isn't even a village. Like, but it was the inspiration of people like Nicky Quaid. You go back to Effen and you, you, you see the wonderful facilities that they have kick-started by Mickey Quaid, you know, so, you know, I need to say no more, Jack. Yeah, I know, and, and I was just, I was just quizzing you there a while ago, there, we'll have it. I, I just say, I, I just say, and if Nicky Quaid, and uh, as, as you rightly say, he probably wouldn't care about the accolade, if, if Nicky Quaid um, goes through his career without a star, in my view, it's a crime. Yeah, we'll just, again, it's another thing we'll have to wait and see. But he certainly put his name right up there at the top of the list. And I, I put together a 15, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. No, I'd say probably more people disagree. But I, there was no hesitation to put Nick Quaid in at number one. But just on the, the Quaid family and, and that legacy, um, I was quizzing you there before we started. There'll be a quiz coming uh, next week. Just the, the last five All-Ireland starting teams Limerick have put out. And 2007 is the only one from the last five teams that we haven't had a Quaid in goals. It's, it's just incredible, really, the legacy that family has, and and, and they just keep producing. Who who's to say that the, the person that comes after Nicky won't be a Quaid? But it's just it's just brilliant to see that kind of um, family tradition, and it, and it's something that's in the GA more than any other sport, really, isn't it? It is. But you go back further. You go back further, Jack. You you go back to 1955 when um, Clare um, shocked the hurling world when they beat Cork and Tipperary. In, in, in the Munster Championship and were red hot favourites um, going into the Munster final until they ran up against Mackey's Greyhounds on a day in which Dermot Kelly was a score 12 of 13 points. But don't forget on that team were the Quaid twins, the brothers, Jack and Jim. Jack, who is the grandfather of, 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 of Nicky. You know, so like he. he, he it, it, it's far more deep rooted than 1980 when, when Tom was in goal. Like you go back a long, long way and you find it. Like as, as I said, if, if you really want to discuss the, the contribution of the creeds, it's, it, it's going to take more than a, a passing few comments and, and, and on one podcast. You, you need to dedicate a couple of podcasts to that, Jack. Well, that could be that could be a Christmas special that we look forward to uh, down the line. Um, I said earlier about Aaron Gillan. I said we'd wait till next week, but I suppose we'll know more next week and we can talk about it again. But if Aaron Gillan is to, to miss the final or isn't at 100%, is Peter Casey the obvious choice to come in or will they look to keep Peter Casey on the bench and have an impact sober? Will that role go back to Flanagan or what do you think John Kiley will go with without if we're without Gillan? I, I think Peter Casey is 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 um is the obvious, is the obvious. But um, John Kiley's propensity not to always do the obvious. Like it's he's very very hard to to second guess him. But that the, there's one thing that we can second guess. I can do to be right. Yeah, that's one consistency that that, that we can do about. But um. Yeah, I would, I, I, I would honestly think that Peter would be the obvious and 
I thought in many ways it, it, it reflects the, the, the sprint of the Limerick team that you can send the team out in an All-Ireland semi-final and you can afford the luxury of naming Peter Casey among your sons because that is a luxury. Because uh, tell me a county team that Peter Casey wouldn't be in mathematics, uh, in, on an mathematics stack in 15. And what he brings, what he brings to the table, like you know, you know, he he he's totally consistent as well. Like if, I, I've seen him at all levels, just as you have, Jack. You've seen him at colleges levels. You've seen you've seen him at the, at, at club level. You've seen him at inter county level. Very hard to pinpoint again when when Peter Casey didn't step up to the mark. Yeah, and and just just answer that question. There is there is no team out there, club county. Um, even you'd go as far as their provincial teams that Peter Casey isn't in the starting team. And I suppose it goes back to that 2018 season when Peter Street reached the All-Ireland. Like, Peter Casey starts um, Limerick's two games in John Kiley's first year in charge. And if it wasn't for Peter Street getting to All-Ireland final in 2018 and Casey having a bit of an injury, he would never have been on the bench. And it's, it's fortunate for Limerick that we have that luxury, but you certainly wouldn't. You wouldn't be worried about having Peter Casey starting in, instead of Aaron Galan. But again, we, we'll know more on that uh, on, on that next week. Um, yeah, it, it, just, it just confirms, as I said, the bounty of riches that we have. But um, like we hope all on being that Aaron Galan, that Aaron Galan is, is, is fit <coughs> because he brings so we talk about him last week and what he brings to the table. And again, again, I would say. I would say that I, I don't think during, during the course of games that he, he gets entirely the full uh, protection that, that he's that he's entitled to. Um, but he, he's, you know, the, the game the game last Sunday we saw two absolute giants of the game, Angelan and Joe Canning leaving the game through injury, which, which was a sad sight and it, 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 it tempered it a, a, a small bit and both um, had to be taken, taken to hospital. <coughs> Thankfully, both are well on the, on the road to recovery, but All-Ireland final day, it's on the land. It needs your, need your top-class player. It needs your marquee players. He's one of the marquee players. You know, the, the neutral supporter. Um, you know, it is the Angolans, the Joe Cannings of this world have made this this game of ours a beautiful game. Yeah, and not a beautiful game. And on Joe Canning, Matt, the four sidelines in his in his time on the field. Like, have you ever seen it before? And and just before you get onto that, uh, you think Joe Canning goes off? And look, you you hate to see a player go off injured, but Galway then have a sideline two points down. And you think, well, at least Joe Canning is on the field. Fintan Burke up his steps and puts it over the bar. But just, just on Joe Canning, four points from sidelines. And I heard he did it in a game for IT in 2008. But there's no one else that could do that. No one else. No, 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 no. And you must also look at the times in which, which he did it, Jack. The first puck of the game. His first puck of the game. Stepped up to, stepped up to a line ball um, in, 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 in the second minute. And, 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 and split the uprights. And then... In the run into half time, he, he gets one of the toughy top minutes. And right at the death before half time, when Limerick looked going in at half time um, with a three point cushion, up steps with another line ball and plants it straight to the course. You know, it, this, this is this is Ray of the Rover stuff, this. You know, you, 
you you could dream about it and you could talk about it and hallucinate about it even, but um, if you were in opposition to it, but um, like Jesus, I, I, I am sitting here, you know, it's simply incredible. Like Joe Kenning, the part of the scene, having scored, contributed twelve points, you know, and I, I, I actually have people during the week saying that he, he, he contributed very little to the game. Other than the, other than free pokes, he put over four line balls. He was flawless with freeze. Practically, I think he missed one. But Joe Kenning, as we spoke last week, is now gotten very much into the role of being the creator, helping to make things happen, bring other players in, 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 into the field and uh, into the play. And um, like four line balls, they're. It's one. It will be one of the highlights of of, of 2020 in a, in this difficult year. Um, it certainly will be one of the highlights. And it must be something in the air in Galway, because recently in in, in, in a, a, a senior Komogi game, and now this is another issue actually, Jack. Um, in Komogi, a line ball is worth two points. And um, if I'm correct, when the, once the rule was brought in, but I'm subject to correction on this, but I'm pretty sure of it, that the first person to put a ball over the bar for two points from a line ball was our own Aoife Sheehan from Limerick, for Granibel and Gary. Um, but um, as I was saying, it must be in the air around Galway Bay, because Joe Canning put over four, but in the recent Camogie, All-Ireland Championship game between Galway and Cork, Rebecca Henley put over two, one from each side of, of, of the pitch. So I don't, and Dinfant and Buck putting it over. So I don't know what it is about the Galway here, but it knows how to hit, um, it helps them to hit line balls anyway. Yeah, definitely. And I was just thinking, watching the game, that like, if, if that was a Camogie game, Galway would have won by two points, that they would have an extra five points from sidelines. So... Thankfully, it wasn't, but it, it's a beautiful skill and it's, it's great to see um, Joe being, being at, at top form and luckily it didn't work against Simmerich on the day. Well, we, we, we were a couple of great exponents of, of the line ball as well. Yeah, well, I was just getting that now, yeah. We have, um, we have Darrow Donovan, who is, who is, who is excellent. And uh, we have Jamie Butler that plays with Fiona. Is, is a master of the craft and Certainly, we here in Lanru know about it when he when he hit one late equaliser. We subsequently lost the replay. Yeah, he, he's 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 exceptionally good at it as well, you know. Yeah, and I remember Ronan Lynch burst onto the scene for the Pearshig, and I think it was against Portumland in All Ireland semi final. He was only sixteen or seventeen time, and he put one over. and And I've seen I've seen Aaron Galan do it from area at his at his ease. I've never seen him even attempted for uh, for Limerick. And Garrod Hegarty goes over a lot of them. He usually goes for a pass, but I'm sure. <laughs> If Limerick, if Limerick win for more of them, they probably would score more, but they're definitely an efficient team and it's probably not the most efficient way of scoring, but hats off to Joe Canyon anyway for hitting four and Fintan Burke then for following up. But uh, Joe Canyon was the centre of a kind of a, a moment that got a lot of airtime and I don't really think it should have got airtime. We'll give it some now, but that incident with Garrod Hegarty, I think it's in the first half and Garrod is clearly going for a hook from behind, which is very, very common. Like he was in a position, there was no way... He was getting the block in front, goes for a hook, connects with Joe Canning, back, lower back, um, Canning goes down. 
and there's nothing done on the field, and I, I think it's, I think it was the right call. If a yellow was given, I can see where it was coming from, but the air time it got, Matt, as if Gerard went out to kill him. I mean, he has a hurley. If he wanted to hurt him, he could have really hurt him. Jack, um, I'm absolutely delighted that, that Limerick beat Galway. Absolutely thrilled with the victory. I'm absolutely disgusted with this debate that's going on about. Garod Hegarty and, and, and Joe Canning. I watched it and watched it and watched it. And it's a lot worse happens in every game a hundred times. Like there was absolutely no intent whatsoever, in my view, on the part of Garod Hegarty to in any way, um, you know, do anything to Joe Canning. None whatsoever. And this thing of, of, of Sean Joe Canning's back, um, uh, the, the mark of the holiday, by the way, and all this, this sort of thing. Like, Garod Hegarty, it, what, what Garod Hegarty did, and it, certainly there was no intent of, of, or no deliberate, anything deliberate on the part of Garod, Garod Hegarty. It happens hundreds of times in every game, but we, we, we don't see it. But um, I, um, the, the whole discussion about it, in my opinion, is nonsense. And I, I, I think we shouldn't be even discussing it. We should move on. Yeah, no, we, we will move on. And, and it's, it's a physical game. And look, you know, Garot Hegarty isn't a dirty player. He's not going out through that just to... Not I just, at wanted all. To, just wanted to clarify that. But while, while we're on Garot Hegarty, and I suppose we'll, we'll look... That's, that's the game. We have the game next weekend to look forward to. And we'll look forward to it in more detail next weekend. But just... Heading into the, the last hurling game of the year, and we'll probably look at kind of the all, who's in the all-star um, contenders. But on, on the topic, Rod Egerty, he's right up there for hurler of the year. I think he's the bookies' favourite. I haven't seen, but he's he's been so good in every game. He's he's 13 points from play in four games for a half forward. He's ridiculous going. He's just been sensational. Yeah, he's been sensational, and you 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 just you just can't argue. You just can't argue with his with, with his type of performances, and, and um, this, this 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 thing to try and throw a spanner in the works about what went on last Sunday, you know, it, it makes me very angry. I have to I have to say, um, you you you're looking at a player on on the top of his game. You're looking at a sportsman, and and Gerard Hegarty is is. He's that with fingertips. He, he, he's a sportsman. And um, he, there was no way that Gerard Hickerty was going to be involved in anything on four like that. So uh, it's, it's um, like, you're right, 13 points in four games, can't argue with it. And a fantastic return from um, uh, half hour. Steps up to Croke Park, in, into Croke Park last week, scores, scores four points from playing in all Ireland semi final. Man is at the top of his game, and we should let him continue. <laughs> and, and we we will let him continue, and I, and I suppose going through the Limerick team, it's kind of hard to, to fault um, any performance really. But when I I put it together, as I said, an All Star team, and the certainties that I had in the team were Nicky Quaid, Sean Finn, Dermot Burns, Keen Lynch, Garrod Hegarty, and Aaron Galan. But realistically, you could make a case for any Limerick player this year to get into an All Star team. You could absolutely. You could make a case for. Like if 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 we see a series of nominations. I wouldn't be surprised if you get 14 or 15 nominations. And the, and the way and the way John Kelly is selecting his team, you could have even 16 or 17, because how could you leave yeah. out uh, Seamus Fanning and or Peter Casey, who both really haven't started all the games? 
Um, I suppose as well, two two Waterford players, even three, I suppose, um, and we'll we'll move on to Waterford now, who had an excellent win over Kilkenny on Saturday. And I suppose we, I suppose we, before we get into individual players, that two twenty seven to two twenty three win over Kilkenny, um, I certainly didn't call it. I don't think you called it either. But it was just <laughs> not even the victory, but the manner of victory. They were down by nine at one stage in the first half. They were down by seven at half time, and they blew Kilkenny out of the water. And I saw, I, saw, I saw a statistic. I think they scored, was it once or two seventeen in the second half? And the year, and the year Kilkenny beat them in the 08 final, and, and it was probably put down as the greatest performance ever by a hurling team. Kilkenny scored two sixteen, so they actually outscored that 2008 team in, in the in the second half, which is an incredible statistic. And, and and they certainly are a dangerous, dangerous team. They're a dangerous team, and I suppose if you if you if you take the two semi-finals. It's just been the barometer going into the final of, of where the team selected and, and in terms of form and what have you. And um, what would we have to stop the all-elements favourites? You know, and we, we can't we, we can't get away from that if you're if you're talking about the the semi-finals alone. And um, like I, I suppose the signs were there in the first half um, that whatever wasn't as far adrift of Kilkenny as the scoreboard showed at halftime of seven points. Um, they had a few bad, um, they had a few bad misses in that first half. Could have been a bit, could have been a bit closer. Um, maybe suffering a small bit of club park stage fright or stage um, club park nerves. And um, but in the in, in the second half, that 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 performance was absolutely immense. It was one for the ages. Um, you would question whether it's possible to repeat that performance again. But you would also question the quality of the performance of TK in the second half, um, which I, I thought TK were going out of it in, in the middle term um, in, in, in that second half. And it's, it's very, very seldom that we, we talk in terms of TK being blown out of it anywhere, but it certainly happened. happened. Um, they, 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 they very effectively cut off the supply to, to TJ Reid, who was. Who was um, who was very threatening and menacing in, in, in the first half. But overall, it was a fantastic a fantastic team performance by Warren. Um, done with pace, done, done with skill. Yes, there would be huge, huge opposition in, in, in the final. And had Kilkenny got to the final, we would have gone into the we would have gone into that final with a score to settle from the semi-final last year. Now we have a role reversal. We have Waterford going into the final um, uh, with a score to settle with Limerick from the Munster final. And um, you, you're probably there, Jack. But immediately after the Munster final, when Liam Cahill came up for the interview, he, he emphatically said and meant it uh, we came here today to win the Munster final. And um, it, I, I could dream, by the way, he said it, it wasn't, it was, it was Bravo talk. Um, he meant it. And, and visibly, visibly disappointed that they didn't. So, like that, um, like we said it last week, that Cahill has a Midas touch. There's, there's no doubt about it. We, we saw what he has done with Tipperary. Um, we, we, under 21 in 2018, they went down to Cork and um, in the Munster final, and they were literally annihilated in, in, in the Munster final. And of course, the, the back door was there. 21 that year, and he regrouped his forces in Galway in the semi final, and then it went on and beat Cork in the final. This, 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 this is the caliber of organization um, that 
bottom that has come to the bottom of the table with the appointment of, 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 of Leave Khan. Yeah, what about the very, very impressive against Kilkenny? In my view, possibly um, uh, nearly deserve the tiger favourites um, go, going into the All Ireland final if we base our performances on on the semi finals alone. But of course, they're not based on that. And um, uh, it, it, it will certainly provide very, very, very formidable opposition. Yeah, and it's 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 hard to get to gauge who who will be favourites and who should be favourites. And realistically, I don't think either team will mind. But they're definitely the two most consistent teams that have got to the final. Um, and you spoke about Liam Cahill there, and and there was a point. I think Waterford were still down at this stage, and there was a ruck over by the sideline, and Waterford came away with a free or a sideline. It's kind of hard to remember because Liam Cahill and Mikey Beaven sponsored the field, and and they're giving it everything. And a lot of time you kind of see this bravado from managers and it's not re- replicated, but the Waterford players came alive even more so afterwards. So they're certainly playing for their manager and they're leaving everything out in the field. Yeah, you see, you see about Waterford. And, 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 um, like, you must remember that the Waterford team that, 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 that is there at the moment is the nucleus of the team that failed so dismally um, over the last two years. And you, you ask yourself, what is the change? And like the main change has been the appointment of Cal. There, there seems to be no doubt about that. But in the background, Jack, of this Waterford team, and I know we'll be talking about it again next week, they, like Limerick, have a team of players who have won up along through the ranks. They won the All Ireland, despite Limerick beat them. In the 2013 Munster final after the deep one of them went on to win the All Ireland that year. They won the All Ireland under 21 in 2016. So it isn't as if um, they're coming in with people with players that don't know how to win big games and how to play in big games, how to play in All Ireland semi finals and finals. They have players like Limerick as well, maybe not as many. Because Limerick won a couple of under minor championships and won a couple of under twenty one championships, and um, would, would certainly um, just ask yourself: Was it a question of just getting the organisation right? All right, um, Ty De Burka was out, and we, we we now know the huge loss that he was. Austin Gleeson and Jamie Bannon, for some reason, seem to have lost um, have lost their best form. Had lost their best form. They're now back at their very best. And um, as, as you said there at the outset, it's, it, they're, they're just probably playing for playing for the manager and please Macron team. Yeah, and, and just while you mentioned that uh, 2013, obviously the minor final winter replay in 2014 was the same. And, and I don't know, have you, have you any research done? And I don't, certainly on topic, but I remember I was around that go at the time I was around the minor myself. And the players that have come through from both sides is, is incredible from that team from... From Waterford, you have the likes of the Bennets that were there. Austin Gleeson was absolutely colossal as a minor. I don't think I've ever seen a player as good as he was at minor level. And um, there's obviously a few more that I'm missing. And Patrick Patrick was another one. Yeah, um, and you Tom Devine, who will be here now only that I think he's a, he's a bra. But regardless, the Limerick team then you ninety percent of the Limerick team have come through. The likes of yeah. Sean Finn, Keane Lynch, all these boys, Barry Nash. Like it's madness. I mean, that, Kyle was too young, incredibly. He was, he was Tom Morrissey, another one. Like you could go through the list of names, but it's mad how the the, the turnover from them minor teams and they played out two 
two epic Munster finals and two epic replays as well. It, it's crazy the turnover only five, six years later that they're going to meet in another Ireland final. And, and those players have an awful lot of history uh, coming into this game. They have an awful lot. They have an awful lot of history. And, and um, um, you, you'll probably have to say the Bottoms have an awful lot of things that hooked at the site of the green jersey. Um, like they, it seems to have affected them and affected them recently because uh, in recent years, because if we just go back to 
are equally passionate about hurling and definitely playing to their favour that they won't have to deal with that. Limerick will be accustomed to being not Ireland final, whereas Waterford aren't. But it's just another game in 2020, realistically, heading into it. Yeah, yeah, that's, it. That, 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 that's exactly it. And I suppose we've gotten well accustomed now to the protocols and, and the build-up to big games. Like, um, it isn't as if, as if um, Limerick aren't accustomed to big games. Like, you must remember that the first round game against Clare, double up would be in the league final. So the league final, you're the Munster final, you're the All Ireland semi final, and and now you have an All Ireland final. There's, there's no games come much bigger than that, Jack. Um, you know, the, you know, the the second round game against the Prairie was against the All Ireland champions. So like um, they they will be well accustomed to it at this stage, you would imagine. Yeah, and again, that's something that we will touch on next week. But look, we're we're glad to be in All Ireland final, and I suppose Matt in. On March 12th, whatever date was that, the date Leo Radcar made that announcement, uh, you would have wished, firstly, for the GH you played. Secondly, you would have wished for the club and county both to go ahead. And then you would have probably been wishing for a Limerick in an All-Ireland final. That's something that we have and something that we'll definitely look forward to next weekend. Absolutely. Ab- ab- absolutely. It has been a year like no other. And like, on that point, like, I would be seriously concerned um, going into this 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 particular month um, with the lifting of the restrictions, like we've we've come a long way, and um, we're within touching distance of a vaccine. And if we can appeal through this medium to people not to alter their behaviour, let's crush this bloody virus. Let's get this pandemic. Let's get it out of our country once and for all. Like there's light at the end of the tunnel. There is nothing more soul destroying. I walked down. Um, to Crocart last Sunday, down past the, the, the Crocart Hotel, where you know is a hive of activity on, on big match day. Walk across the street, um, no cars, anything. The place was deserted. Going to Crocart, rows and rows and rows of empty seats. The queues extend at the far side, not a soul to be seen on it. It's in all our hands, Jack, to change that. It's in all our hands to change it. If we want to get back to living the way that we were used to, and if we want to get back quickly, it's in all our hands, particularly over the, the festive season, particularly over the next four weeks when the, when the, when the restrictions um, are now being lifted, the, the, the second round being lifted from, from this very day. So, like it's within all our gift, um, if, if if we want to alter that situation, like I, I people have been saying to me, you're one of the lucky ones, um, to to be able to get access to these games. I I, I don't consider I, I I consider lucky to be able to see the hurling games, flesh in the flesh, but I certainly don't consider myself lucky, um, with the with the loss. Of the sense of occasion that these games bring. Yeah, and 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 that's certainly certainly a huge loss enough to have the the crowds and and as you said, it's in our hands to to look after it and to make sure we can crush crush it once and for all. But hopefully, an All Ireland a festive All Ireland win with the Christmas tree up could go a long way in sorting that and keeping us at home. Um, look, we, we'll be back next week to look forward to what will be. An All-Ireland final like no other at a time that we'll probably never have an All-Ireland final 
Uh, we'll be able to watch that Iron Final with our Christmas trees before that. We'll be back with a preview. Uh, thanks again, Matt, for looking back on the Galway game and looking ahead to next week's game. And we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, Jack.